Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of the PD Smash Podcast. Today we have a great one for you. First off, we're going to talk about the whole Myler's Leonard situation and how that had progressed since last week. Then we are going to talk about Damian Lillard's 50 point game. After that, we're going to talk about NFL free agency and how that has gone so far. And then finally, we have a special surprise for you. But first, before we continue, if you've watched episode 2, you know that I have a brother. And now, for the second time on this podcast, I am bringing him back for a special guest appearance. Hello. So, thank you Smash fans for tuning in to this episode of the PD Smash podcast. And without further ado, cue that intro. They can say what they want now Cause we'll be screaming now We can be heroes everywhere we go We can have all that we ever wanted So first up, as I said, I wanted to talk about the Myers-Leonard situation And personally, I thought the NBA was handling it really well And then, all of a sudden, they were like, you know what? We're going to give you just a week's suspension for what she said. Which, I was was very confused because it seemed like it was heading in a more serious direction. Like, it should have, and then it just reverted back. So, that was pretty bad. And I wish the NBA would have done a better job. Even because that situation progressed in the wrong way, I would have said it, it probably just regressed. So... That's not great for the NBA. But regardless, the Heat was like, nah, we do not want you on our team. And then he just got traded to the Oklahoma City City Thunder, my apologies, for Trevor Ariza's, and I believe there were some sort of picks swapped in between them. But that's really it for Myers Leonard. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get on the Oklahoma City Thunder, but... Yeah, that's pretty sad state of affairs for the NBA overall. But hopefully they learn from this situation and do better next time. Okay, so next up I wanted to talk about Damian Lillard's insane 50-point game. And not just because it's 50 points, but because he did it on 20 shots. That's ridiculous. Wouldn't you say, Donnan? Isn't that ridiculous? That's very ridiculous. That's like... Sinking almost every three you make and only taking threes. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's like the efficiency on that 50-point game. is pro- It's probably one of the most efficient 50-point games in NBA history. 50 points on 20 shots. If you did the math, you couldn't even just hit two. You couldn't even just hit two-pointers. You'd have to hit. You'd have to hit a lot of three-pointers. Like, a lot. It's it's just crazy to think about because, like, the evolution of our game to where now it's not just people are taking threes, but they're taking threes, they're being efficient, and they're combining that with growing foul, fouls and getting to the free throw line at an accept, ac, in, ac, not just acceptable rate, but an elite rate, which it just seems to be an extremely cool combination and it's opened up the game for so many different players. Wouldn't you say it on him? Is there a is there a conversation for Damian Lillard, greatest shooter of all time? 
Maybe? Would you say maybe? Why wasn't he in the three-point contest? Uh, What's he, happening here? I believe he opted out of the three-point contest. Oh, okay, he would have won. Okay, so is what you're saying Damian Lillard the best shooter of all time? Is that what you're saying? No, or? I just said there could be a conversation for that maybe. And what would that conversation wait, be? Wait, wait, how old is Steph around? Steph's like 32, 33. I'll give you the exact number in just a second. Keep talking. All right, cool. And how, how old is Dame, do you think? Around? Oh, around the same age. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe not then. However, if Dame keeps acting like this, like he did in the All-Star game, just draining them. In the All-Star game, he looked exactly like Steph. If you were to watch just the All-Star game and look at their stat lines and ask me who I thought the greatest shooter was... I wouldn't have an answer. He matched Steph step for step. There definitely has to be a conversation about it at least. They are, at this point, on the same level, I would argue. Especially after that insane game that he had. I'd say he's definitely one of the best shooters ever. I'd say it's Dame, Larry Bird, and Curry as the greatest shooters of all time. Definitely. Dame Larry, so Clay Thompson doesn't get in that conversation. Dude, don't be a bum. Don't tell me about it. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson but, scored sixty points on eleven dribbles. He's a fantastic shooter. You can also get passed to. Yeah, he's great. He compliments Steph. He's fantastic. He's half of the Splash Brothers, but he's not Steph. He's not Dame. He's not Larry Bird. So just so you know, Donald, Dame is 33. Not Dame, my apologies. Steph Curry's 33. Dame is 30. Oh, okay, okay. So your top three shooters are Larry Bird, Damian Lillard, and Stephen Curry. Not in that order, but... Yes, and I, I feel like you'd struggle to find somebody who strongly disagreed with that list. What would you say to people who would have maybe Reggie Miller or Ray Allen on that list? I'd say they were both fantastic shooters. They both paid for great teams. They both had great success. But there's a difference between being a great shooter and being the greatest shooter of all time. Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Larry Bird had an otherworldly aspect. They have an otherworldly aspect. Only a few players can hit 50 on 20 shots. A slim few. They have to come from outer space. Those are great players. Those are great shooters. They are not Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Larry Bird caliber shooters. Do you think that LeBron could do the same thing? No. LeBron is a better overall player than all of them. Plays better defense, better paint, better two-pointers, but he can't sink like they can. And that's not his job. Okay. So, you heard it here. Top three shooters of all time are Larry Bird, Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard. Uh, who's your one, two, three? I'd say one Steph, two Larry, three Damian. Okay, so here you go. According to Donovan O'Leary, that's your top three shooters of all time. So now, since free agency has been open for a few days in the NFL, I wanted to talk about how it all shook out, and who got what, and some of the biggest winners and losers of free agency. So, first up, I want to talk about the Buffalo Bills, who really, 
were able to bolster their line with Daryl Williams and Joe Fletchino, as well as sign some linebacker help in Matt Milano, get a new punter in Matt Hack, and then their big signing, signing Emmanuel Sanders to a one-year contract. So, in my opinion, I think these are pretty solid moves. They get some upgrades at O-line, or at least some reinforcements there. And then they also get a little bit more of a linebacker help in the second level, which that was, in my opinion, their their weakest... That was their weakest unit out of the three. And they get one more wide receiver, who a true number two, who could really go again, go alongside Stefan Diggs. What do you think about all this? Um, all right, number one, don't ever disrespect Cole Beasley by not calling him a true number two. Secondly, I think signing more O-linemen was an excellent decision because they give Josh... Uh, Josh Allen even more time in the pocket and more of an opportunity to scramble as well. And you know that him and his dump truck will absolutely just destroy anyone after he scrambles. I think the signing of Emmanuel Sanders was fantastic. They have a deep threat now. We saw this work for the Saints. Um, But now, hopefully, the Bills will have a consistent quarterback and a quarterback that can throw longer as well, longer than Drew Brees typically does. And so it'll be an actual threat to have Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Stefan Diggs all on the same team. I think very solid W for the Buffalo Bills this offseason. Donovan, to clarify, Cole Beasley is a slot wide receiver, so he plays the same role as like a Julian Edelman type. So he's not really like... Patrick, what position does Julian Edelman play? Slot receiver. No. What's his official position? Well, just because someone's a wide receiver doesn't make them a number two. A number two is someone who can go like on the opposite side and run and run routes on the outside. Cole Beasley can do a little bit of that, but he's more of a slot wide receiver. He say he sure serves the same type of role as like I said, a Julian Edelman does, like a Eric Decker did. So he's not like when I say a number two, I'm talking about outside versus inside. Okay, makes sense. Okay. Next up, I want to talk about the biggest fish in free agency, the New England Patriots, who signed not only Cam Newton, but they also signed Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and those were just wide receivers and tight ends. They also were able to sign two O-linemen in Trent Brown and Ted Karras, as well as getting defensive line help with Dietrich Wise, Davon Gotchich, Henry Anderson, Matthew Judon, and then also getting secondary help with Jalen Mills, as well as signing back their career special teamer in Justin Bethel. Now, I think this is a lot of good moves. I think they may have overpaid for a few players, such as... Nelson Aguilar, but from what I saw, they filled needs that were apparent last year, and if they didn't slightly overpay for some of these players, I don't believe they would have went to New England if they paid flat uh, market value, but with the addition of Nelson Aguilar, it gives them a more outside presence, and then with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, you get two tight ends who can both block decently well. And then also a really good 
tight end red zone threats, which is one of the problems they had last year. And then on the defensive side, you don't only get someone who can rush the quarterback really well to go along with Dante Hightower, you also get a couple of really good support pieces in the run game in the D-linemen they signed, which is really good because they were in the bottom third of run defense. And then they got Jalen Mills for a really friendly contract. Four years, $24 million doesn't seem that friendly until you realize only $9 million of that is guaranteed. And $9 million over four years is two is le- is $2.25 million guaranteed per year, which is, a, in my opinion, a steal for a player like Jalen Mills, who has tremendous, tremendous upside. So, Donovan, I want to ask you, how do you feel about all these signings? All right, so I really like them, and I especially like that they chose to re-sign Cam Newton as well. I think that you have to realize that this team as a whole was heavily impacted by COVID. People opting out, Cam Newton getting it, uh, overall, this was, I'd say, a very de- developmental season for them. I don't think that they were bad just because Tom Brady left. That's an aspect, obviously. But you have to remember that Cam Newton is a former MVP. He can make things happen when he doesn't have a virus. And I think this season, he'll be especially better. More time, more off season than he had last year. And overall, I just think that this is going to be a really good season uh, for New England. And I'm really glad that they gave Cam another try. And we really get to see the intelligence of Bill Belichick this offseason. Okay, so now I want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a pretty massive free agency. They not only were able to sign running back Carlos Hyde, but they were also able to sign wide receiver Philip Dorsett, as well as wide receiver Marvin Jones. They got some offensive line help in Tyler Shatley and Cam Robinson. Additionally, they were able to upgrade their defensive line with a plethora of moves, as well as upgrade their secondary with a few players that include Shaquille Griffin and Sidney Jones, as well as Rudy Ford and Rayshon Jenkins. Now, I, I personally think this is a lot of good moves because the Jaguars needed some wide receiver help because although a couple of their wide receivers showed some potential, none of them were very established and it was only flashes. So getting someone like Marvin Jones and someone like Philip Dorsett, who will be good mentors to them, I think will be good. They needed a running back to help Miles Gaskin I believe is how you pronounce his name, help him develop as well as give him a couple breaks because they didn't really have anyone behind him. And then they needed help in the secondary and Shaquille Griffin and Sidney Jones do that. So, Donnan, what do you think? Do you think this is enough to maybe get them to above five wins? <laughs> I think uh, the signing of uh, Carlos Hyde was especially good. He's a very under-the-radar running back, actually. If you watch Seattle's game, you can see how good he is. And he kind of plays similar to their other running back. What's his name? Uh, Milo Gaskin? Yeah, they're both like power rushers, kind of, if, if you watch them play. And I think that in his second year, he'll benefit a lot from the mentorship of Carlos Hyde as well. As, especially since Carlos Hyde has been around 
such an established organization, been under Pete Carroll, got to see it, got to see an organization that trained Marshawn Lynch, got to see what that was like. So I think that'll be really good intelligence, especially since both of them will be backing up Trevor Lawrence, presumably, next year. Nice. That seems honestly exactly what I was going to say. So next up, I want to briefly talk about the Titans, who themselves had quite a good offseason. Really, there are not that many notable, notable names, but they were able to get a cu- in some O-line help in Kendall Lamb, get some defensive line help in Deco Autry, but then their two big signings is signing Bud Dupree, who had a breakout season this year before getting injured, and then Janoris Jenkins, who is a great veteran cornerback. So, for me personally, I think these are pretty good signings, but Donnan, what do you think? I think they're pretty good signings. I don't really have any comment on them. I just think that it was good to help flesh out the Titans. I think that definitely any help to Derrick Henry is good as well. And so I think overall just a couple of solid moves from the Titans. They didn't augment too much so because why mess with what works? But whatever happens, you'll never be able to win against the Ravens. And uh, you'll always have the memory of your logo getting stomped on. Okay. Well, that was something to add right there. Well, now next, I want to talk about my favorite team and Donovan's as well in the Washington football team. Now, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year $10 million deal, as well as signing Lamar Miller, re-signing Brandon Sheriff, signing some cornerback help in William Jackson III, and re-signing kicker... Dustin Hopkins. Now, really, there are two big signings here, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick and Lamar Miller. At first, I didn't like the signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick because I I wanted Taylor Heineke to be the clear-cut starter unless we were able to get some sort of star. But the more and more I think about it, the more and more it makes sense because not only do you create some sort of competition in the QB room in between Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick is also a consummate pro, and he's going to be there to support people whether he starts or not. And then Lamar Miller is just a good backup to Antonio Gibson for more like power situations, where Peyton Barber is a good secondary running back, but he's not that good at power. And then J.D. McKissick is more of a scat back, more of like a receiving back and gadget type player. But Donovan, what do you think? I think that Ron Rivera's influence on the office of the Washington football team has really showed. I think that they made intelligent, solid moves, especially not trading up once again to get a draft pick to pick a QB. I think that was an excellent move. Um, Let's be realistic for a second. So, we could have gotten a superstar, potentially. Maybe. Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. But I read an article that put it really well. We'd have to give up probably a star defensive player, or two of them, uh, Sweat and probably Young, something like that, and then our first and second round picks for a couple of years. And one of the things that makes our team 
so awesome is that we have an elite defense and giving away our defensive players and then the picks that would give us the ability to recoup those defensive players in my mind isn't worth a Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson I think that giving our young quarterbacks so Taylor Heineke the ability to be developed under Ryan Fitzpatrick which by the way was the best quarterback in free agency that wasn't signed early on he had the best uh QB rating, etc. I think he was a fantastic signing. I think that if he's consistent enough and if he's open to mentoring uh, Heineke, which I believe he will be because he did the same thing to Tua, I believe that this could be a really good move for us. Okay, so next I want to briefly talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I'm going to let you take the lead on this after I say the names, but we have they re- they were just able to re-sign a lot of players, almost every single one. They were able to re-sign Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. They were able to re-sign Aaron Stidham, Stinney, my apologies, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, and re-sign Kevin Minter. How do you think that? How do you think that is going, Donovan? How do you think that will shake out? All right. So everybody, some people might be asking, oh, how do they have enough money for uh, Tom Brady, for Chris Godwin, for uh, Mike Evans, it's because Tom Brady adjusts his contract to make his money less because he cares more about winning Super Bowls, which is kind of a goat move in my opinion. I don't like Tom Brady, but I think that it's a goat move. His wife Giselle has a lot of money. He doesn't need money. He already has a lot of money too. He consistently adjusts his contract to make cap space for everybody else on his team, and I think that what he's done is kind of a leader move, and uh, it's given everybody else the ability to come back. And I think that if they can show what they showed in the playoffs, which was beating probably the two best teams in the league, Green Bay and uh, Tampa Bay, followed closely by the Washington football team, um, I believe that they could really go far. But if they show what they did in the earlier season, getting like 331 against the Saints, I think that all of these moves will be for nothing. Okay, now, after that, we're going to talk about our final team today, and that is the Arizona Cardinals, who were not only able to sign J.J. Watt, as we saw earlier, but they were also able to sign A.J. Green, as, 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 my apologies, as well as signing Kelvin Beecham to help on the offensive line, and then getting linebacker Tanner Villa... Villajoy, as well as Robert Alford to help strengthen the defense. Then getting punter Andy Lee and also finalizing a trade for the Raiders great center in Rodney Hudson as they will be sending a 7th round pick they will be getting a 7th round pick along with Rodney Hudson in exchange for a 3rd round pick per sources. So, Donovan, what do you think about all that? Alright, let's take a moment to acknowledge the intelligence of the Arizona's front office. A, they got J.J. Watt. Huge deal. Um, their defense is now really good. J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, what's the name of that other guy? Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones, all three of them, they're going to be a menace. Um, and then you have the offense, of course. Kyler Murray got hit later in the season last season. We saw him decline because he got that hit. He was never really the same. I think this week, 
uh, this season, he'll come back greater than ever, be back in the MVP conversation. Um, and now they've signed more wide receivers, so it takes the pressure off of D-Hop, and he can get open more frequently, more than he's already been getting open. And it gives Kyler Murray more room to rush as well, and I think that if Larry Fitz comes back, they have A.J. Green, they have D-Hop, they have Christian Kirk is also good, and then... Uh, they have Kenyon Drake, unless anything changes. I believe that this is a really, really solid team, both on defense and on offense now. So that's it for the free agency section. I hope you enjoyed. And now we actually have one more section. And I haven't told Donovan what it is. So what we're going to do next is I'm going to ask you trivia questions about the NFL. Okay. And then you're going to have to... I answer them, and we'll see how much you do get. Okay. So first off, Donovan, what team won the first Super Bowl in 1967? Green Bay Packers. Correct. Which is the only NFL team to ever complete a perfect season, winning all the regular season games as well as their playoff games, including the Super Bowl? Steelers. No. Oof. You want to take another guess at it? Uh, Ravens? No. Ooh. It's the Miami Dolphins. Oh, wow. <laughs> Would How you have ever... have fallen. <laughs> Would you have ever guessed... Ooh, yikes. What is the only team to record 20 straight winning seasons from 1966 to 1985? Uh, Steelers. No. What? Green Bay? No. Think rival. Come Bengals? on. Come on, you can Wait, think. no, that doesn't make any sense. Our rival, think. Oh, Dallas? Yes. Uh. The Did trophy have a winning season last season? From 19, from 1966 to 1985, dude. Oh, they're washed then. Who cares? The trophy awarded to the Super Bowl each year is named after which Legendary NFL coach. Uh, Heisman. Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> this man just said the Heisman. Bro, come on. You said trophy and Super Bowl, and I was like, okay. <laughs> the Heisman is the college MVP oh, award. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Lombardi trophy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know his first name? Vince. Yes. Which NFL team derives their name from the date they were founded, November 1st? Come on, what's what's November 1st? Bro, I don't know. What's what's October 31st? Uh, Halloween. What's the day after Halloween? November 1st. (laughs) Come on. Uh, I don't know. What's the day after Halloween? It's called All Saints Day. Oh, is it the Saints? It is the Saints. Which player was known as the Refrigerator? Uh, damn. Uh, Sanders. No. What team did the Refrigerator play for? Play for the Titans or the Lions. Incorrect and incorrect again. Damn. 
Pittsburgh? No. Who did he play for? He, he played for the Green Bay Packers, and his name was William Perry. Oh, okay. Which team holds the record for most Super Bowl appearances? Um, Green Bay? No. Super Bowl appearances all time? Yeah, come on. This is easy. Patriots? Yes. Uh, what player? Tom. Yes. What single entity has the most Super Bowl rings in NFL history? Tom Brady. Correct. Okay, so next. Which... Ah, this is actually interesting. Which is the only non-profit community-owned NFL team? Uh, Browns. Green Bay Packers. Oh. Why would you say the Browns? That makes sense why... (laughs) Why their off-season moves are always so bad? Because they're community-owned. Damn! Tell me how you have Aaron Rodgers and still fumble the bag that consistently. Which player holds the records for most career-rushing touchdowns by a quarterback? Uh, Vince Young. No. Come on. Recent. Recent? Still plays today. Lamar? No. He's only been in the league for three years, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Really? Yeah. Most rushing touchdowns by Tom Brady? No, that doesn't make sense. He's a tank. Come on, you got this. Who's a veteran? We, got, we talked about him in this episode. Tom, uh, Fitzpatrick? No. Tom Brady? No. What? We talked about him in this episode. You can do it. Dude, what do you... Come on, think rushing quarterbacks that are in the league who've been around for a long Deshaun? time. <laughs> Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. It's not Russell Wilson? <laughs> it's not Russell Wilson. Dude. It's Cam Newton, dude. Oh, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. He's my MVP. In 2006, who became the first quarterback to rush for over 1,000 yards in a season? Vince Young. No. Come on, dude. Uh, Greatest rushing quarterback of all time. Ray Rice. Wait, no, 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 bro. Don't. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. Nah, keeping that in. This man just said Ray Rice. Um, I don't know. Who's the guy that did dogfights? Michael Vick? Michael Vick. Yes. Oh, okay. That was a very weird way of saying Michael Vick. But, yes. And then, who is... Which team in the 21st century has gone... Who has gone perfect in the regular season? And Steelers. Then lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. (laughs) That's obviously the Patriots. My guy. Love Eli Manning forever. What Hall of Fame wide receiver was on that team? Damn. Like, already in the Hall of Fame? He's either already in the Hall of Fame or going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame when he retires. Damn. Or not when when he's eligible. Ooh. Mmm, I don't know. Randy Moss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. Now, finally, what NFL head coach 
was a player during the Patriots dynastic run of the past 20 years. Oh, dude. What's his name? It's the it's the offensive coordinator on Tampa Bay. Incorrect. I said head coach. Oh, head coach, head coach. Um, I'm thinking of new head coaches. Huh. Um, Steelers. Uh, he's been successful in, in his tenure. He's been a successful. He's been pretty successful. Oh, Rebe? No. Hmm. Uh, Rams. Sean McV. Sean McVay has never played football. I don't know. He's Professionally. kind of a young guy, bro. Who, who knows? He also who was knows? a coach in like 2000. Oh, wait. The, uh, the Browns guy? No, not no. Kevin Stefanski. He's too young. Oh, uh, dang. Come on. Cool. Think the only other te- the other team that gives off gr- uh, Patriot type vibes. Saints? No. No, that doesn't make... That's, that was a dumb... Gr- like ground and pound, tough team, good defense, good situationally. Dog, only other team that's like that is Washington, and I know Ron Rivera ain't ever play for the Patriots, bro. He's not. He's not a dummy. He's excellent. Okay, come on, Donovan. I know you can do this. I'll even give you the division: okay. AFC South. The Bills. Are not in the AFC South. Bro, let, let me look at... He has a poster of all the the divisional teams. AFC South. Let's see. Titans? Yes! Woo! It is Mike Vrabel. Oh. Mike Vrabel. Come that on. There, there, there was that whole... You compare the Titans to, to the Patriots. That's the same type of feel. Okay. Like, oh, okay. a cold-weather team. Well, they're not really that oh. cold-weather, but, like, ground and pound, <laughs> like, in your nose... That Tough make, type team. That makes their win against the Patriots last year in the playoffs even more funny. Yeah, that because <laughs> the whole point of why that was so funny is because Mike Vrabel was doing to Bill Belichick what Bill Belichick was doing to like all the other teams while he was coaching. Like he was toying <laughs> with them coaching wise and like taking delay of games and stuff. So that's it for the trivia section. How well do you think you did, Donovan? I think I did wonderful. I'd say five out of twelve. So. Now, I'm going to hand this over to you. What? And you can pick... Oh, there we go. You can pick one, not from this list because I've looked at it. Like, go look it up. It can be an NBA or NFL question that you want to ask me, and I will answer and probably get it wrong. But we'll see. One second, still looking. Okay, why he's looking, I'll start doing the outro. I really, really want to thank each and every single one of you for coming to this episode of the PD Smash Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it with my brother. If you want to talk about any topics in this episode or any other topic, then you can always email me or text me using the information on my contact page. If you're listening to this on my blog, all you have to do is go to the contact page. If you are listening to this on YouTube or Spotify or Anchor. You click the link in the description that shows my uh, blog, and then you go to the contact page and contact me. If you want to listen to more of these podcasts, there is a full list in my blog as well, as well as weekly articles, one of which this week's is talking about the Patriots' moves in depth. Ooh. And then there are 
21 other, 20 other articles that you can go and look at if you want to take a time machine and go back to the beginning of the NFL, the mid part of the NFL season or the beginning of the NBA season. Wow, now when Russell Wilson was still considered an MVP candidate. The smoke coming from this side of the room. My goodness. Okay, now without further ado, to end off this episode, Donovan, ask your question. All right, Patrick. Name one of the two original NBA teams to have never moved location. Boston Celtics. Yes, that's correct. Boston Celtics and New York Knicks. Fantastic job. Wonderful. Love to see it. Thank you all, Smash fans, for coming to this episode of the PD Smash podcast. That was Donovan O'Leary. Yeah. And until next time, PD Smash, signing off. They can say what they want now. Because we'll be screaming now. We can be.